This is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. This sounds normal so far, DC. It's the 50th episode. We need to celebrate. Do we? Yeah. Guess he's back again. This is not a celebration. Nerd DC. I got this feeling from head to toes that WWE has too many wrestling shows. All through my TV is where they lurk. Not to mention all the things on the network. I've got to watch all of Ron Mondays, then on Tuesday Smackdown Live, and Wednesdays are when NXT drops. Ooh, I can't take my eyes off of it, otherwise I'll fall behind. Not to mention pay-per-views now twice a month. All through the week, it's wrestling time. Sometimes I feel like I'm losing my mind. Then there's all the stuff in the network archive. It surrounds me, surrounds me, surrounds me. I would go outside, but I don't have the chance, chance, chance. Watch wrestling like I am stuck in a trance, trance, trance. Come on, all those real life things I should do, but I can't, can't, can't. If I blink, I might mess. No way, Jose dancing. I can't stop watching. Goodbye, job, job, job. I just can't stop watching. I'm becoming a blob, blob, blob. Come on. Oh, it's getting really bad. Yeah, there's a second Now verse. Lucha Underground is back. I should watch that. I won't take a shower. I won't go to work. My wife is wondering why she married a jerk. Cause this week was SmackDown's pay-per-view. Had to watch those guys backlash. Then soon enough the Raw Champions will clash. Ooh, I've been sitting here for so long. I've become part of my couch. No time for bathrooms. I just use a pouch. I haven't said two words in over a week. All my conversations happen in tweets. I would move, but I can't feel my feet. I just imagine, imagine, imagine. Back on. This man has turned me into a slave, slave, uh, slave. Wrestling has taken over all my brain waves, waves, waves. Come on, I won't stop watching till I go to my grave, grave, grave. And then I really hope the afterlife has WWE Network. I can't stop watching. Not even one sec. It's sec, three minutes. sec. What if there's botching? I have to check. I have to check, do the full check. song. I can't stop watching. I need to see, see, see. I must keep watching. It is life for me. Now you know that I'm being facetious. Cause what I said, it was way too egregious. And all the things there, it's got to be balanced. A chance for you to show off your talents. So you see, for me, it's nerd DC. Rhyming syllables is what I do to bring me glee. And talking with you is what I love to do. So find your happy and you do you. There is so much wrestling. It's so good, good, good. Time to celebrate across. All right, I won't make you listen to the rest of it. It does keep going. Basically, it just says "find your happy," and now it's time for DDT wrestling. You really went for what? it. What? You really went. I for did. It. There was actual almost singing. It wasn't just me talking. There was almost singing on this one. I I'll give it to you. You 
Thank you. You went. That's all I ask. That is all I ask. All right, what? ladies and gentlemen, how are you? What song was that? That was uh, Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. Ah. Arguably the song of the summer. I have to write a mental note because... That would explain why I don't think I've ever heard it before. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's good. In the audio track, nah. it's going to keep playing. So I have to remember to cut it short. <laughs> well, I mean, you can. I'm sure there are people out there who really would like to hear at least another two minutes. No, it only goes on for another 30 seconds or so, but you were such a trooper, I could tell that you loathed me I mean, you could, around the two and a half minute mark. You could have just finished it up. I mean, now people are just always going to wonder what could have been. Well, maybe when I drop my first great album, Nerd DC's Greatest Hits, we should get on Bandcamp. get to hear the rest of it. I should what? We should uh, release your album on Bandcamp. Maybe we can, uh, you know, sell it <clears throat> at a reasonable price for a good cause. I would. I would actually. I there's a song you'd probably didn't listen to the fantasy book, the by the book show that I did. There's a song there, an AJ Styles themed show, uh, and I have another one that I am currently working on Is that it, I might record tomorrow. Was that a uh, parody of AJ Styles theme song? No, it was the oh. Taylor Swift song style, but it was sung about AJ Styles. Another song you might never have heard. No, I don't really care for uh, Tadolf Switler, so. <clears throat> I'm trying to stay current. You listen to way too much Hollywood Babylon. Yeah, I do. Because I know that reference. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped listening to that show about, I don't know, four or five months ago. I actually, I just unsubscribed from it this last week. I had like... I like Kevin Smith, I had like and I like Ralph Garman. More shows I hadn't listened to, and I said, "This is just getting piling up," and I have no desire to listen to it anymore. So, yeah, it it, it just gets very formulaic. Yeah, and you know, I can I can find other things. We can talk current events if we want to. Can we? In the it, hey, in, happy fiftieth episode, DC old buddy, old pal. We've been doing this happy for 50th episode. far too long. That's not true. We have beat the, you know, I think you said to me at some point that the average podcast never makes it past 40 shows. We have eclipsed that, and now we've passed the 50 mark. Next stop, uh, 51, technically, is the next stop. But really, you, not you know, I would love to be able to get to three digits with you. Yeah, I'd love to get to three digits with you, too. It's, it sounds awkward, but it's true. Um I when when you called, I first thing I asked is, uh, "What do you got for us today in the realm of pumpkin concoctions?" And uh, I hear no crinkling. I see no styrofoam mug. Nope, I've got nothing this week, O.D.C. Matthews. Uh, that's because we're recording a day early. Uh, I would normally have gone to the grocery store tonight and maybe could have brought something back. So I'm blaming you. Uh, but in lieu, do you have a specific day of the week? Do you always shop on? No. One night of the not, week over no, others? It, 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 it varies. But, um, you know, in lieu of actually having one to try, I saw a tweet last night from one Tommy Dreamer. and um, I saw that. He had a photo in there that uh, interests me greatly. It was the pumpkin spice Twinkie that I believe we spoke about on last week's show would be perfect to dip into a pumpkin spice beverage. We thought it. 
We spoke it, and it became reality. Now, you know, I wish that we hadn't wasted that one sort of opportunity on the pumpkin spice Twinkie. I mean, I'm glad they exist, but I would have rather have, you know, spoken aloud that we were both millionaires and had that become a reality, but unfortunately... Is that, if you if you could wish one thing into reality, would that be it? For us both to be millionaires? Well, I think I'd rather have all your money, too, if I had to spend time thinking. But, like, if I if it was dependent on it coming true for both of us, then I guess so. And is a million dollars enough? No. I often oh, debate no. this it with Mrs. Not. Matthews trying to figure out, because I always see the Powerball signs, and I always mention it, despite what you've told me about Powerball in the past. Uh-huh. Uh, in the case you've missed it, Doc Manson once told me, and I, I have no reason to doubt him, uh, that Powerball is the one game where you stand just as much chance of winning, finding the winning ticket lying on the street, than you do actually going to a store and buying the ticket. Essentially true. So, <clears throat> but I always try to figure it out, and you know, Mrs. Matthews' number and my number your number vary greatly. She would be happy with just enough to be comfortable I uh, would like millions upon millions of dollars I uh, would like five million dollars at the minimum I will tell you a fun fact I actually know someone uh, a family friend who won 2.9 million dollars in the lottery that's fantastic where's your cut I don't have one and from all reports they don't have much of it left either so that seems fairly common but yeah, I just want $5 million so I can retire. I mean, I think that's how much we really would need. Invest that smartly, put it in some annuities, and just live off the interest the rest of our lives. And have enough that you're insured to have enough through the rest of your life, period. Um, okay. I, I, we could live very nicely off of you know just the interest. Uh, a few $10,000 so, a year. I don't need to be lavish here. So tomorrow, tomorrow you wake up, you check your bank account... And you have $5 million in there. After all of the, you know, figuring out that you didn't break any laws that you weren't aware of, after dealing with the IRS and the taxes and all of it, what's your first purchase? My house. Okay. Pay off the would mortgage. you upgrade or would you be happy in the current house that you are living in? I think I'd be pretty happy just right here. Um, for now. I mean, you know, it depends on where my life brings me. Um, if I'm going to stay here for any appreciable reason, I would probably stay in this house. But you know, now that I think about it, if I had, if you're saying, so how much money would I have? Would I have enough that I could quit my job? You wake up tomorrow morning, you check your bank account, and there is $5 million okay. oh. in your bank well, account. Well, in which case... Not even taking out... Ta- well, you would obviously have to take out some semblance of taxes, but... Mm. $5 million is added to however many tens of thousands you have in your bank account. And, uh... Yeah, I, um... I would quit my job then, probably. That's not a purchase, though. No, but that makes me rethink the house thing. Because if I was going to leave my job, there'd be no reason to stay in this house. I could get a job elsewhere. Or not a job, I'm sorry. i get a house elsewhere, someplace where I would, you know, enjoy, um... Just, just the scenery, just this, the surroundings. You know what I mean? I, the, I, I, I like my house. I like where we live. Don't get me wrong. But 
there is, you know, a large part of that is convenience, accessibility to work, and that sort of thing, which wouldn't necessarily be a factor. So I guess I would maybe consider moving. I, I would have to think about that more. So I don't know if that would be my first uh, purchase or not. If I was going to stay here, yeah, I'd pay it off up front, pay all that principal right away so I don't have to pay all those extra hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest over the course of the next 30 years, um, for sure. But if I was just going to sell the house... Huh. I'm too practical. Why did you ask me this? I'm far too practical. Because I knew that your answer would be entertaining. Mm. So because you know, I you know, I think about it. Somebody's if I wake up tomorrow morning and there's five million dollars in my bank account and my first purchase is not going to be necessarily practical. Like, well, I might buy a new car and I don't well, sure. have any in I don't have any interest in like sports cars, so I'd buy oh. a fairly practical practical car. I would buy a but sports car. Can you imagine me behind the wheel of some tiny Italian sports car? No. <laughs> no. You. No. I uh, would you, be would driving... need, you would need the jaws of life to get out of that car without an accident. Like, you would just, you'd, you would somehow find your way in. But the moment you tried to get out, you would have to call the fire department, and they'd have to come and cut you out. Like, there's. Can I tell you that that I appreciate that you turned that into not being that I am so morbidly obese I can't get out. Just from a practical standpoint, I can't find my way out of the car. Yeah, like I said, you could get in just fine, but because I, I you're not wrong. No, I would be driving some. It wouldn't be one of the. It wouldn't be a Humvee, but it would be, you know, a suburban or some rather fancy. Uh, SUV with air-conditioned seats. That's really all I need. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. My name is DC Matthews, at DC Matthews NAI. And at the 14-minute mark, welcome to the DDT Wrestling Podcast. Um, My Nerd DC song was just for fun, but at the same time, we are in the midst of quite a... uh, quite a time in life. It is the phenomenal year, officially... Because on Sunday, AJ Styles won the SmackDown World title. There was a point made not to call it a heavyweight title. It was the SmackDown World title. There was a pause there as he made sure not to say that word. I believe he said it uh, at one time when he was in the scene with Cena. The one time that I... At one point I did see... There was a moment where he intentionally seemed to pause like he was going to say it and stopped himself. But we had a pay-per-view... Then there was Raw, then there was SmackDown. Tonight is NXT and the two-hour Cruiserweight final of the Cruiserweight Classic. And then next week, when we record episode 51, it's the prediction and production show for Clash of the Champions. And then October 9th is No Mercy, and then there's Hell in a Cell. It's now going to be a bi-weekly, if not more frequently than that. Uh, I think we need we're to going to be talking about pay-per-views. I think we need to stop doing predictions then. I'm almost inclined to agree. It, you know, it or if we need to we just need to do it faster. It needs to be yeah. quicker. It needs to not be it's a like, full show. Yeah, it just needs to take up a part of it as we, you know, cuz inevitably we're going to spend some time talking about Raw and some time talking about SmackDown and just next week when we talk about Raw, we'll talk about Clash of the Champions, and then move on to other things. Yeah, that seems to be more reasonable, probably. Mm-hmm. The New Age Insiders put a poll out asking which brand won the week, and I wasn't going to do it, but it, 
the last time I checked, close to 90% picked SmackDown and only 10% picked Raw. And that seems to be fairly common unless somebody wins a title. The only two weeks that I can remember Raw winning were when Sasha won the women's title and when Owens won the universal title. Well, I think that's probably because, uh, you know, the neighborhood got wind of the sweet science by listening to Doc Talk episode one. And, you know, after that, they just became a little more honest with themselves, their own feelings, their own ratings and rankings. They worked it out. They had their own little spreadsheets and matrices where they were able to tally up the numbers. And, uh, again, following the sweet science, uh, they just they had to follow they had to follow the numbers, DC. And SmackDown is the superior show, without a doubt. There is there can be no doubt. Alright. Well, I think that's true, and I, I wanna uh, promote something else really quick. You know, we're gonna look at our email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. We have a couple DDT of emails. Wrestling at gmail dot com. But I got a personal email at my own email address uh, from a friend of yours, Dale Jennings, uh, former independent wrestler and, uh, you know, owner of a wrestling school. I don't remember if he promoted it on the air, but uh, he's got a little wrestling school up there in Michigan uh, called the Michinoku School of Wrestling. And based on the Weekly Wrestling News, episode two of the Weekly Wrestling News, just on your interview, his population, his school's popularity went up by at least two people. And he's very excited about that. So he wanted to thank us. He couldn't remember your email, so he sent it to me. He wanted to thank us uh, for the opportunity. So well done, sir, because I had very little to do with it. I just connected you guys and you know, enjoyed the show, but uh, it was a very good time. The Weekly Wrestling News, big hit. Make sure you're listening. If you don't listen to the Weekly Wrestling News, what in the world is wrong with you? I agree. Do you want to do emails now, since we harangued and harassed people last week? And let's start with the emails? Uh, I don't know. I'm sort of thinking we just skip the emails this week, DC. I don't know that we can do that. I think we have to at least at least talk about them. We've got emails from Nate, former bestie Nate, who has finally come out of hiding to talk to us, our good buddy Mitchell, and right now he is the leader and ruler of the DDT fan club, the Fishman, who sent us a lovely uh, DM and an email, so Absolutely. I think we got to start there. Hey, Fishman, about that DM, those were kind words, my friend. Thank you very much. It hit me right in the cockles, and I mean that seriously. So that said, off to our first email. Greetings, DDT Wrestling amigos, DC and Doc. Hopefully, I can get back into your good graces and be a bestie once again. Enjoy the show and all the shenanigans that come along with it. My question is for both of you. If you can think back to any specific match or wrestler, past or present, where you were watching the match unfold and say to yourself, this is why I love wrestling, what would it be? I've watched so many matches for me. When I watch Flair vs. Steamboat, for example, it solidifies the love and respect I have for pro wrestling. So what moments, matches, or wrestlers give you that feeling of pride in the sport you love? From the deepest part of the abyss, Fishman. Sent from my iPhone. You know, I really it's have to... to... I'm sorry? 
it, it, it's good to know that he gets cell phone service from the deepest part of the abyss. Absolutely. Well, maybe he's got Wi-Fi. You don't know. It's just an email. That's true. I, I like how uh, he is really leaning into this fish thing. Uh, he's been sending out tweets about how much bass we kick, and uh, you know he's from the deepest part of the abyss here. I, you know, I think that's taking a good thing and really running with it. I appreciate a good joke. The fact that Fishman found his way to the DDT wrestling family, it, it's a miracle. I really think it's an act of cod. And this is the end of DDT Wrestling. We made it to 50 episodes. That was great. That is not true. At least stick with me just for the halibut. Yes! 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 Oh, I wasn't going to do both, but you just set it up so nicely. Can I tell you, seven-year-olds would love that joke if they understood that halibut was a fish. And if I was allowed to be inappropriate in school, which I'm not. So they wouldn't love that joke. I'll answer your question there, fish man, while Doc ponders whether or not he's ever going to speak to me again. Um, What are the moments, you know, I won't take issue with the whole pride thing. I've spoken about my feelings on uh, pride and happiness and the differences therein. What sports make me feel like I love wrestling or what matches, what wrestlers? I enjoy when I get sucked in, when I can suspend disbelief and buy into something. That's all it takes for me. A lot of what we've been watching in the Cruiserweight Classic, Alexander versus Ibushi, Sabre versus Noam Dar, any of that sort of thing, that's one of you know I if I can watch a good wrestling match and get sucked into the story the work that Tajiri and Brian Kendrick have been doing that really is enough for me to say this is why I love wrestling so you know I can go back to different things and talk about you know Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12 I could talk about Bret and Owen from WrestleMania 10 and go back to the classic things that really got me to buy in uh, the latter match from WrestleMania 10 but um you know. Um, my feeling of happiness about wrestling goes on and on and on. What say you, Doc Manson, if you are speaking to me? I'm not speaking to you. However, I am speaking to Fishman. Uh, so, last night, watching SmackDown, I had a tweet that actually, you know, had a good deal of traction. I think it got, I don't know, let's say at least uh, 10 or so retweets and likes and all that sort of business. And that tweet was, and I, I really meant this at the time, I, I just sort of welled up with just enjoyment and just like, yes, this is why I watch wrestling. This is craft done well. And uh, this was the tweet. The Miz is officially the greatest IC champ of all time. Seriously elevating that title. Hashtag SD Live. And honestly, last night I felt this exact feeling when he came out there and he grabbed James Ellsworth and he gave him that skull crushing finale onto the entrance ramp and it became obvious what he was doing there just that intensity that moment just him killing it as that character just like coming out of nowhere and just making that statement and furthering that feud with Daniel everything just sort of coming and coalescing together in this perfect concoction this symphony of chaos like 
it was just, it was so it was perfect and that is exactly why i watch wrestling for when all those things come together into those moments those moments of glory and the miz had one last night he really really did um i hard to believe i'd be saying that about the miz but it, it everything came together with perfect timing last night to instill that feeling i adore you're absolutely right, and The Miz has been amazing, especially this work with Daniel Bryan. Sunday night, his match with Dolph Ziggler might be my favorite Miz match of all time. Just, you know, the shots he was taking at Daniel Bryan, copying the moves, all it, he was he was amazing. <clears throat> and I give WWE credit for a lot of reasons. The fact that you brought back that specific jobber. Yeah. The fact that you, you know, brought back James Ellsworth of all people, and then you have the Miz do that because he, you know, James Ellsworth is hugely popular, and people may have been thinking, you know, what's this going to be? Is this going to be something, or is this just a joke? And then the Miz comes and takes the spotlight back. I've been a Miz proponent for as long as I've been DC Matthews, and I am, I couldn't agree more. The Miz is proven, and I loved on SmackDown. He was talking to Dolph Ziggler, and that was fine. He was doing fine. Daniel Bryan comes out, and he was on another level. They need to keep this Miz and Daniel Bryan thing going for as long as they can. There is something there with the two of them. It doesn't need to end in a Daniel Bryan in-ring return, but just keep it going because it is money right now. Absolutely. You know, so often on these shows, I feel like the authority figures interact with wrestlers and mostly throw away... Um, segments. You know what I mean? They they never really have any value for me. But whatever they've stumbled upon here with Daniel Bryan and The Miz, this, this is a clash between talent and authority mostly done right. Well, when was the last time, and it might be Mick Foley, when was the last time that we had a babyface authority figure f- clashing with a heel? It's almost always the other way around. Almost always. Absolutely. And, you know... Also, when was the last time that you had authority figures inserting themselves into all segments on a show? We saw authority figures last night dealing with The Miz, dealing with AJ Styles, dealing with Heath Slater. Like, when it was the authority, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, you would see them interact with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, and whoever else was in that title picture, Sting, for instance, and no one else. Mm-hmm. There was this weird divide, this weird sort of expectation that, yeah, the authority was in charge of this big entire show. We're the bosses. We're in charge. But for some reason, they only cared about one segment of the entire night. Again, that always bothered me. There was always a weird disconnect. It's, and, it's the elite versus the everyman. That's really right. what it is. The authority was the elite, and they only dealt with the elite. Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, this is kind of the everyman show, and they're involved across the board. And it's wonderful to see. It, again, just fixes one of those underlying sort of disconnects, these these logical sort of fallacies that I had trouble with previously, and it makes for such a better show. Really, what were really your does. thoughts? I, you know, we haven't gotten to the other emails, and I do want to do that. But just at, we're talking about SmackDown. What did you think about Backlash as a whole? It was a good show, a very solid show. Um, they gave us 
pretty much everything we could have wanted out of that show. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were, you know, were talking about how, with the exception of the AJ Styles victory, it was a mediocre show at best, and I didn't see that. You know, I disagree, one hundred percent. The they were talking match about that on- was actually quite good, and hey, they maybe did the predictable thing by giving it to Becky Lynch, who I'm, as you know, not a giant fan of, but I still think they did the right thing. I'm not going to argue that she's massively popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and then the same thing with Heath Slater and Rhino. They gave a heck of a match, and they did the right thing, put it on them. And it was extremely enjoyable. Now, you want to sit there and complain because, ah, they're just pandering to the audience. Guess what? I'm the audience, and I love it when they pander to me. Well, and, and, you know, I think they talked about it on the NAI post-show, how it was, you know, a mediocre show. And granted, there was not anything groundbreaking. You know, Becky Lynch winning. Becky Lynch winning. Great. Um, Slater and Rhino winning. Good. Bray losing to Kane, disappointing, and that's the only reason I actually wouldn't give it an A. I gave it a like solid B, and it was the only reason I deducted points was that Bray lost, and I even understood why that happened because Orton came out and continued that feud. So, sure. yeah, but no, I mean, I thought the show was a little short, and obviously that was probably because of whatever it is that happened with Randy Orton being able to perform in ring. Where I'm not really sure. He seems to be denying that on his Twitter account. So, I mean, I'm not really sure exactly what's going on with him. But uh, outside of that, yeah, a little short. They, maybe they could have had a little more meat in there. I, I didn't need to see the uh, the Usos twice in one night. I never need to see the Usos twice in one night. But, you know, I- all things considered, I, I'm more interested in the Usos right now than I have ever been. Yep. I don't need to see them all the time, but I will certainly take these Usos over the dancing face paints Usos. Absolutely. So, it was a solid show. It was. I really agree. And, you know, they're following it up. You know, it's I the rumor is that John Cena's gonna return for this pay per view and then he's gonna actually go film his T V show. The filming of the T V show hasn't even started yet, so then he's gonna be gone for a significant amount of time. Whatever. I was just thinking about that because I know everybody's been saying, oh, he's been gone. But, you know, Mrs. Manson and myself, we went to SmackDown a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, they did that story the following week where AJ was crotched on the top rope, so I saw footage from the dark match after that. So I know these last few weeks John Cena has been traveling with the SmackDown crew, mm-hmm. and knowing that he was supposed to get time off to go film, I had sort of connected the dots on the fact that huh, he hasn't gone anywhere yet. No. So it doesn't and, surprise me to hear what you're saying. But him being off TV is never a bad thing. The crowd was relatively receptive to him coming back. Um, a triple threat match to main event, no mercy, is just fine Let by me. Let me ask you a question. A Please. lot of people online last night were complaining. Ah, what did John Cena do to get a title match? He just came back. What, is he ever, what did he do? Do you have a problem with John Cena just coming back and inserting himself into a title match at this point of his career? You are a 15-time world champion. No. John Cena can come back and insert himself into every title match he wants to. And the fact that it's been at least a year, if not more, since he's done so means he can do it even more. If every once in a while he wants to come back and go... And the way he did it was amazing. 
There was a yep. little extra edge of cockiness to him being like, you can be the face that runs the place or the champ that runs the camp, which was hilariously worst, dumb. Worst slogan I've ever heard. Regardless, though, he's make, he's just making a point that he wants to be on season two of Camp WWE. Did you hear Charlotte on Monday night trying to make some sort of insult, joke, whatever? And she was like, you can go to WWE camp. I assumed she was talking about Camp WWE, but I wasn't really sure. So maybe it just maybe it just did a flyby. Maybe it just missed me. I like but Charlotte. I, I think she's doing fantastic heel work right now. I and disagree. she's not very good on her feet with a promo yet. No, she is not. Which is fine. She doesn't need to be. No, she does. If you're going to stick the women on Raw out there in the lead segment and give them the first forty minutes of your show half of which is in-ring promo, yeah, she needs to be a little better than she is if that's the spotlight they're going to put on her. I think she's just fine. And she's one of those, like many others, where the less she talks, the better. She can just, you know. You're not wrong. I will say, one of the biggest pops that I heard watching Raw was for Dana Bleepin' Brooke for slapping Charlotte, and they didn't cheer her because they like her. They cheered her because she was going against, you know, there had to be heat on Charlotte in order to get that kind of reaction for Dana. Then they threw it all away because the next time she slaps Charlotte, it won't be nearly as exciting because she's done it already. Yeah, and I thought it was very strange that in the exact next segment, they they just put Dana back with Charlotte. Like, do, well, that's what I'm saying. And do you think they're going to make something of this? It seemed as if Sasha and Charlotte were, or Sasha and Bailey rather, were both pinned. Are we going to see a women's triple threat match at Clash of the I, Champions? I sure hope so. If only because that pin was so bad that it better have been on purpose and for a reason. I'm assuming it was on purpose, and if not, otherwise, I think they, they would have kicked out. They need to take credit if, for it being on purpose, even if it wasn't. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, I can't imagine as performers that you get into that pinning predicament and you don't just kick out, redo something when you realize what... Because there's no way you don't realize, right? In that situation, it was so blatant. I, you know, not being a wrestler, I can't say... Although, you know, I was an amateur wrestler, but that's not really the same kind of thing. You would think that you would have an idea that you might also be pinned. So I'm guessing, and again, all WWE needs to do is own it and make it a triple threat match, and then it makes all the sense in the world. Absolutely. All right, we moving on to our next email? Emails you wanted, emails you shall receive. From Mitchell Monroe. A lot of people have talked about the reason they have not had faith in the draft is because there are not enough stars to fill it and keep things fresh matchup-wise. They cite that the reason they feel this way is because after a while, the first draft did the same thing. There just wasn't the talent to fill the roster. One thing I keep going back to is that, it seems to me, they are dedicated to using all potential star power to maximize their performers, and they want to continually and swiftly reload. I mean, they just put 10 of the best cruiserweights in the world onto the main roster. They've got Aries, Joe, Nakamura, 
and Rude in NXT. They're hiring more world-class talent all the time. It seems to me that they're dedicated to making this brand split a success through hiring more and more wrestlers all the time and condensing the world of pro wrestling. You travel from promotion to promotion in the hopes of meeting up with the other best in NXT and transition to WWE. Do you guys think there's value to the theory as to why the brand split can work this time? Why or why not? Mitchell. All right. Thank you, Mitchell, for the email. You are at Gift of Podcast. Cool Twitter name there. Um, the thing I'm stuck on is, do you think they're condensing the world of pro wrestling? Would you say that's what WWE is doing? Yes. I don't think you've seen them ultimately condense... I don't think you've seen the ultimate outcome of that yet. Like, I don't think it's obvious at this point in time. But I kind of view it as very similar to what Vince McMahon did in taking over the territories. You think he's slowly taking so much talent that other independent promotions can't exist on their own? It's not that they can't exist. And in this day and age, with all these different outlets to consume entertainment I don't necessarily think those independent leagues will fold and just disappear Um, but I do think that they will have a more difficult time for sure once they start losing their more charismatic and athletic performers I think that's fair but I also think WWE is in a position where they can't they just don't have the infrastructure to sign everybody. No, you they know, certainly don't. They've signed, apparently, there's rumors they've signed Roderick Strong from Ring of Honor. Uh, they signed Tommy End, who is a big independent guy. They've got the Cruiserweights, but we're still not sure if they're signing Sabre or if they're signing Abushi now or later. But you've only got Raw and SmackDown, which can only be so big, and you've got NXT, which can only be so big. You can't sign everybody. Well, you can if you want to have NXT be its own league, and then you want to have a cruiserweight dedicated show, and you want to have a women dedicated show on the network, and then you want to have SmackDown go to three hours. Um, And I'm all for most of that, except that last thing you said. Except then I don't think you're condensing it. You're expanding the world of professional wrestling because... You're expanding the WWE, but you're actually condensing everything outside of that. But if more people, if I, you know, if in order for me to watch this guy Tommy End, which I couldn't, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. But if I needed to do some serious Google searching or some, you know, subscribing to some independent YouTube channel in order to watch him, that's one thing. But if I can soon turn on WWE Network and see him or whatever iteration he becomes, if he is, in fact, this sanity character, isn't it easier for more people to see him? Yeah, you might be condensing the, the ultimately, number of... I, ultimately, I disagreed, simply because in any industry, having competition is how things flourish. Once one person, one company is put in charge of everything... Sooner or later, you see the decisions that they make begins to limit their scope. Okay. I think that's fair, but I think, you know, 
if this is true, if this is what WWE is doing, we are still at least five, if not ten or more years away from this happening. Because there is wrestling everywhere. Yeah, that's why I said uh, I don't think we've seen the ultimate outcome of this. I think that's okay. sort of what they're starting to do. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we are a long ways away from this dystopian apocalyptic future that we talk about. Because I also think we have to consider the fact that some of these talents are going to not work in an Alberto Del Rio sense. They're not going to work in WWE or they're not going to appreciate their limited time because like you said there's all of these guys on raw there's these 10 cruiserweight you know we saw it kayfabe wise jack swagger just defected he went from the raw. first sign that this brand is going to fail the first sign the brand split's going to fail is the fact that they've got people now already being shuffled across the shows it hasn't even been like two months hasn't it and they're already moving people across for no reason well I don't. Did Jack Swagger say anything on SmackDown? I missed that part. Or did he just yes. show up? He gave an atrocious promo. That, well, that is a guy who you don't give a mic stick to. No, especially not on live television. No, but at the same time, I can. You know, I'm all for them making little moves. And again, if they wanted to make trades and treat it like professional sports, I'd be fine with that too. If this starts happening all the time, then I could see it. Let me ask you this. Uh, we decided that uh, we don't actually have time for these 10 talents that we drafted to Raw. So let's just stick them all on SmackDown and not use them there either. That's going to be the problem. In five years, 2021, how many brands are there? Your gut right now. Do they condense in the next five years or do they stay the course? There'll be three at least. Three being Raw, SmackDown, and a minor league NXT, or do you think a third brand shows up? NXT is the third brand. But is it bigger than it is now? I don't... What do you mean bigger? Well, obviously it's bigger now. NXT now is bigger. Is it on... If Raw and SmackDown remain on the USA Network, does NXT join them on the USA Network? I is it a third it. brand on equal footing with Raw and SmackDown? I don't know what that means in a world where cable television is becoming irrelevant. Well, I've long said there's going to come a time where if you want to watch WWE, you have to have WWE Network besides, you know, maybe a YouTube presence or something. You know, I think they're eventually going to bring all of their stuff there, and I can't wait because I won't have to pay $30 a month for PlayStation View, but... You know, do we say them in the same breath? Right now, it's Raw, SmackDown, and then NXT is the minor I league. Dis- I disagree. I speak about them in the same breath. Then how is it? When you have never- guys like Nakamura, Joe, Aries, Rude, Asuka, I talk about them in the same breath. But as their end game is Raw or SmackDown. Nobody on SmackDown's end game is NXT. No, but some people do end up there. I, I don't know. I, I guess I could see what you're saying, and maybe it becomes more of an equal brand in that it's viewed mm-hmm. kayfabe-wise as an equivalent, and maybe the drafts in the future include all, th- all three directions, maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. people get drafted to NXT, I'd love to not see just it. away. I would have I appreciated it even more if Jack Swagger had shown up at Full Sail. 
Yes, agreed. You had been 100%. demoted by Raw. Swagger, Curtis Axel, you have been demoted by Raw. You're now on NXT. You can be called up by either brand, but right now nobody wants you. Yeah, that's fine. I, and I don't think you have to treat it as a demotion, though. I think it can just be an alternative destination, especially, again, you read the list of talent they have in that company, and to say going down there is some sort of demotion, I, I think is very disingenuous. I think it all has to do with perspective right now. Again, when at our next takeover, more than likely, somebody, whether it's Samoa Joe or Shinsuke or somebody, is going to get called up to the main roster. You know, which makes which it, as long as people can get called up, that implies that, that NXT is down. I don't know. I, yeah, but I feel I do feel like that perspective is somewhat changing. Um, I hope it does. I really do. I would love to see three brands and they come up with a actual developmental territory where you don't put a guy like Shinsuke or you don't put a guy like Rude where you can actually try to grow some of these smaller talents. I'm okay with NXT being both of those things, but if it's going to be both of those things, they just need more airing time than they currently have. Um, if they went to two hours a week, you could mix and blend those two things together, I think, much as they do now in a rather successful formula. I would agree with that. If they go to two hours, they can change things in a much different way than they can keeping the current 60-minute time limit. All right. We've got at least one more email, though I've heard rumors that people might be sending us last-minute ones. Nate Schmidt. Hello, Doc and Do. I apologize for not keeping consistent with emails. Yeah, you better apologize. One. If either Ibushi or Sabre win, do you think they show up on SmackDown and challenge Miz for the IC title at No Mercy? That sounds like a great idea. I believe we talked about that, a similar idea, either on this show or on a private earful. Yeah, I must have come up with it. It sounds great. No, I so. think I did. Actually, I think Liam did. Uh, but. I don't think it was me. Okay. It definitely wasn't Liam. Definitely wasn't Liam. I mean, maybe it was you, but not Liam. Two. How many matches do you think the Cruiserweights will get every week on Raw? If Perkins and Metallic win the CWC, do they get crowned as first champion, or will they introduce a tournament? As always, Nate. Well, thank you, Nate. Good to hear from you again. What does that mean? What? What does that mean, that closing? As always, Nate. Well, he hasn't changed right. his name to Bartholomew or something. He's always been Nate. Is that what, just is that all that means? Have you always? You've always been Doc. I've always been DC. That's not true. I think the spirit of Doc and the spirit of DC have always lived inside us. It just took us a while to have them emerge, rising like a phoenix out of Arizona. Ha! Huh, I think the cruiserweights get one or two matches every week on Raw. One, I hope. <laughs> I hope it's more than one, but it could just be one. I hope it's more than one as well. I think it'll at least be two. I I think it gets treated like the women's division does, in that the women's division right now, they are telling the Nia Jax storyline and they are telling the title storyline. 
So they'll have something like that. They'll have one main storyline, and then they'll have something happening underneath that. Right. And as for, you know, do they get crowned as the champion or introduce a tournament, uh, I think we've said it looks like they're wrestling for that trophy. They've said as much on the Classic. So I presume once they actually officially debut on Raw that there will be some sort of tournament or other, you know, structured sequence of events that leads to I think they un- a they unveil some sort of gimmick match to crown the champion. You can't do another tournament. Regardless of the fact that 10 men doesn't equal out in a tournament fashion, you'd have to be 8 um it's you they just did a tournament. It's going to be some sort of gimmick. You brought up Ultimate X at some point. It'll be something like that. Either a ladder match with an extra stipulation, maybe a ladder match inside a cell since Hell in a Cell's coming up. Something like that will happen. Yeah. And as for, you know, the, I would love to see Saber or Ibushi go to SmackDown, even temporarily. I think we're getting Miz versus Dolph Ziggler again at No Mercy. I think we are right now, but I don't think Dolph Ziggler... I don't think Dolph Ziggler is Daniel Bryan's cipher. I feel as though those two storylines, the Miz, Dolph, Miz... Brian thing are happening separately. They're running parallel to one another. So I don't think that Dolph is the cipher that stand in mm-hmm. for Daniel Bryan. I do think that someone else eventually will take that role, and I'm not sure whom that will be yet. In a perfect world, Miz wrestles Dolph Ziggler next week on SmackDown, beats him again, and moves on towards No Mercy. And whether it's an independent guy, whether it's Samoa Joe, whether it's... I don't care. Luke Harper coming back. As long as it's not Kane. Oh. Sorry. I know I have to talk about this. What the heck was going on on SmackDown last night that Eric Rowan is once again reunited with with Ray Bryant, to quote David Otunga? God, he's terrible. He is Ray so Bryant, everybody. Ray Bryant. Bad. Can I tell you what, something? What is that? Can I tell you they something? just split. Can I tell you something? We need to find Ray Bryant and interview him on the weekly wrestling news. <laughs> I just, I, it sounds like somebody we would be able to find. I'm sure we can track him down. He probably has a Twitter. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, but yeah, a tongue is terrible, and it, it's unless it's some sort of weird Stockholm syndrome or something like that. I don't like. Understand. They just broke them up again. Have they already given up on Eric Rowan? Like already? He didn't. He, you gave him like two weeks. Well, and I don't. I don't recall him doing anything else during those two weeks. They literally Bray walked away from him. He was in the uh, locker room after Ziggler lost after SummerSlam, and now he's back. I don't get it. I don't understand. If you had brought back all. Harper and then brought back Rowan, it would have made slightly more sense. But it's not. I was like, oh, Harper. It's definitely Harper. Gotta be Harper. That would have been. I would have been fine with that. Yes. I feel like the last 72 hours should prove, and it won't for me because I have my own version of WWE Stockholm Syndrome, but it should prove once and for all that when it comes to Bray Wyatt, WWE isn't thinking about it all that much. Yeah. That's sad, but. 
I think it's true. Yeah. All right. Do we have any other emails here? Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you, Ethan. We do not. That is all that I see. What have we missed from the week of wrestling? Uh, Reigns is not going to be in the well. title picture. It will be Owens versus Rollins in a singles match, which I am quite excited for. I don't know about for. that. You don't think so? Well, there's still another week of Raw, isn't there? Yeah, but at the same time, doesn't Reigns go after Rusev? That's how the show ended. It would make sense that those two guys yeah. would be... That does make sense, but, you know, I could see Mick Foley being like, oh, he got screwed again. One more chance. I could be, although I think Mick Foley's going to be too busy assigning consequences to Seth Rollins because he told him not to interfere, and then he did. I think he's going to be too busy losing his way on the way back from the Jello cart. I felt really bad writing that joke. That was a great joke. I Thank you. I appreciate it. Listen to the weekly wrestling news, only on DDT Wrestling. Oh, man. It's such a good show. It really is. I think it's, it's, it's still... Well, in its, nobody else agrees with it's you. It's still in its early nascent stages. I think that's a word. I don't know if you've seen the numbers from we- episode two, but uh, given the amount of time it takes to put that show together compared to just you know doing one of these shows with you... I don't know, man. I might have to take a week off. Well, no one ever said the weekly wrestling news had to happen on a weekly basis. That's true. I even intended for it not to. Hey, you know what? It came out on Sunday, and in, what, two or three days, it's almost got 120 listens. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. What That's pretty has good. more listens than it, despite having come out later? It had a nerd DC song. If we took, if we could find care. out how many of I those don't people, care. I don't just listen care. to the song. This is the ultimate slight. By the book, has more listens than the weekly wrestling news episode two. I'm done. We need to make. sure. I am done. <laughs> we need to make. I will not stand for this. I will not stand for that hot garbage. <laughs> Having more listens on our feed than the weekly wrestling news. <laughs> Garbage, DC! We need to make sure we write some AJ Styles jokes, I guess. We need to find all of the hot-button wrestlers and make sure we write jokes about them and then we can tweet about them. I, I don't know. I would like some feedback. I hate you. I would like... I know you do. I would like some feedback, neighborhood, before we continue talking a little bit about wrestling. Or we're just going to end the show because Doc's cranky. Um... I was born cranky. How how do we get our podcast over the hump, as it were? You know, just to give you some ideas. We are very proud to have any number of listeners uh, that care even the slightest bit about what we two yahoos have to say is wonderful. But I would like to get our numbers past that 200 mark on a consistent basis. So if you have suggestions, if we're missing something, if we're not doing something, please let us know. Do you want to add anything to that, Bubby, or are you good? I'm good. Anything else in the world of wrestling you would like to talk about? We are going to do a... We've been doing on a private earful. We've been doing the Cruiserweight Classic. It's a two-hour show. We will do a two-hour a private earful uh, tomorrow, because neither of us really feel like staying up till 11 p.m. So tomorrow, be on the lookout. Well, it'll come out Saturday, but we will be recording private earful maybe there'll be some pumpkin there a 
pumpkin private earful. Uh, we'll be recording that, but anything else in the world of wrestling you would like to talk about? Bo Dallas is now a poet, as if I couldn't love him anymore already. He's now rhyming. Yeah, I, uh... I turned off Raw right around 8.54 on Monday right So right night. after the women's segment? Well, I saw the women's segment... I saw Bo Dallas. Did you see? No, New- yeah, I saw. The, I saw the women's segment, which was immediately followed up by the Shining Stars backstage segment, which was immediately followed up by Bo Dallas, and I turned off the television. Did you see the New Day come out and apologize for the old day? Nope. Did they really apologize? They basically came out. They said it in terms of a, you know. We're sorry that Gallows and Anderson stink so much they subjected you to that. But I found I saw it as WWE's way of admitting, wow, we swung and we missed hard with that. I I would like yeah. I officially would like to make a rule that Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson cannot be funny anymore ever. I know you weren't listening to Jack Swagger. Um, on SmackDown last night, but it seemed like he was trying to steal Carl Anderson's bit because he also commented about, about also commented about how hot his wife was in a flippant manner. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he's trying. Maybe he'll join the club. You know, that might be the best thing for Jack Swagger would be to become AJ Styles' running buddy. Silent, I guess. Silent bodyguard doesn't have to do much. Just kind of come out, protect the phenomenal one. It wouldn't be bad. Uh, yeah, there was not a lot of fantastic stuff on Raw, which is probably why about ten percent thought it won the week. I, you know, I'm enjoying the Rollins Owens story. I'm enjoying that Rusev is back. I enjoy Bo Dallas. I, I, sadly enjoy what the. Uh, Shining Stars are doing handing out travel brochures. It's dumb, but I find it somewhat entertaining. But yeah, it's dumb. It, it's dumb. It feels it. like there is a a again, very different from SmackDown. There is that group of the elite: Reigns, Rusev, Owens, Rollins, and you could throw Sasha, Charlotte, and Bailey in there. And then there is this chasm. There is no mid card at all. It drops all the way down. To this lower level Epico versus Enzo and Bo Dallas rhyming kind of thing. Which is very strange because Enzo and Cass were like practically there in that elite for some time. They fell hard. And then they just, yeah. What happens when you give birth to an imaginary baby on TV? You can't, it's hard to come back from that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. All right. You are not wrong. It has been a very exciting week. And with your permission, sir, I'm going to start wrapping up the show because we've kind of touched on most of the things. We'll be back next week with a brief Clash of Champions preview, and we'll continue to talk about the world of professional wrestling. Uh, what is your piece of positivity you were taking with you through through the week? Hmm. Well, I'm going to say it hasn't happened yet, but in about... One hour, uh, I will be watching Lucha Underground, and I am looking forward to watching Marty the Moth versus Killshot in a Weapons of Mass Destruction match. Have, 
I don't okay, know what that, that is. Okay, that was my question. But that's half the fun. All right. Well, I am. Again, I wish I could catch up with season two because I feel awkward jumping in on season three. But I might have to because the excitement that you and Mrs. Manson share for it is a bit contagious. So I might need to figure out what all the fuss is about. Uh, my piece of positivity, besides Bo Dallas, I already talked about him. I will go to my other quote unquote guilty pleasure, but he's making it very easy to publicly love him. You tweeted about it yesterday. The Miz is on fuego. He is just killing it. If you would have told me that two months into the brand split, the Intercontinental Champion would be huge, and the United States Champion, for, the, for all intents and purposes, is an afterthought. You know, he finally made his return, but he's been gone. Now, granted, he got married. No one could have seen... Well, I suppose you could have seen that coming, but... I would have figured Rusev would have been the closer to main event. Stop it. I saw what you were doing. Stop it. This is a little out of context, I think, because enough time has passed. But just imagine if I had followed that statement up with Lana did. The Miz is very good. That's the point I'm making. And I'm done talking about this now. <laughs> Say goodnight, Doc. But seriously, The Miz is awesome right now. And, you know, again, I didn't really say this earlier, though I was praising him. But to your point, the Intercontinental Champion was throwing down left and right with the Heavyweight Champion, who welcomed him with open arms and a handshake into that main event match on SmackDown last night as practically equals. That they are just building this wonderful bubble of talent on SmackDown where everybody, except for maybe Jack Swagger, seems important. Heath Slater is the tag team champion. Miz is a main event level intercontinental champion. The ultimate indie darling AJ Styles is your world champion. Everyone's favorite last kicker, Becky Lynch, is your women's champion. If they just had like five more talented pieces in the in the mix, why would you even raw, watch Raw except to watch Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, and Bo Dallas? Chris Jericho introducing Sami Zayn to the highlight reel this week where he got all the way down onto the canvas. That was an excellent moment. I did go back the next day and watch a little more of Raw, although I didn't get through it all. I think I saw through Nia Jax destroying Alicia Fox. Mm -hmm. I felt bad for Sami Zayn, because Chris Jericho is so good right now, he could not possibly compete. No. But Jericho has always been that good. He's just found a groove again right yeah. now. But again, I, you know, Chris Jericho is perhaps better than he's ever been and while I missed his world championship run, I dare say The Miz is as good as he has ever been right now. The Miz is way, way, way better than he was during his championship run. Uh, uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, yeah, he is he is Truly awesome. All right. With that, 
We hope you have had an awesome time listening to DDT Wrestling. My name is DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. Please send us an email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, wherever you get your podcasts of choice. If you get the chance to write us a review, we would really appreciate it. ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. Get all your NAI Network and DDT merch. And be sure... I'm not even going to promote my own stuff. Be sure to listen to the Weekly Wrestling News, a a unique flower. There are tons of wrestling podcasts out there. This is a unique flower that is just starting to bloom. Hop on before it takes over the world. Did I sell it well enough and for I you? And I guess you... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they should listen to buy the book, too. They can, if only because I said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Ambrose turned on Cena? Then it happened. Yeah, it did! They're listening. Now, our predictions. By the time you hear us next week, we're going to be millionaires. Hey! I'm DC Matthews. He's Doc Manson. We'll see you around the neighborhood. Happy 50th, Doc. Happy 50th, DC.